Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, which I moved out of when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for now eight years. We just had our anniversary. (laughs) Wow. And we have two beautiful babies together. Yes, we do. It's been a great eight years. Yes, it has. We're excited to come back and talk with you a little bit more and give some advice, I guess you could say, because we have been through this on, I guess, anyone going through a faith crisis. Yeah. And if anyone would like to hear more about what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy, then please like and subscribe. You can also um, donate in the link below if you want to donate to the cause of us creating compassion for these FLDS communities and um, being able to empower people to tell their stories on our channel yeah. or for chats like this, then uh, you can find that link below or on our website of growingupinpolygamy.com. Yes. Thank you all. Yeah. we And thank you so much for everyone who has donated, um, become members on our channel. We also, not only did we just have our marriage anniversary of eight years, but just this week we had our two-year anniversary of being on YouTube. So thank you all for all the love and support. It is crazy. Like we never could have imagined when we first started and Sam was telling stories of growing up um, FLDS. We would have never expected for this amazing community to be built so quickly in these last two years. It's insane you all are amazing and thank you for being here thank you for subscribing and being members it's just uh it's been overwhelming the amount of support that i have felt that we have felt Mm -hmm. just i mean i did not expect this in a hundred years so thank you all so much yeah and like sam said we get a lot of people asking um or emailing us which we love so please keep doing that um with questions or asking for advice of how to um, talk to family members or how to kind of have those tough conversations with family members when they're starting to leave a religion, particularly um, the LDS religion. I mean, the FLDS, it's a little bit different because you don't really have as much open communication. Am I Mm -hmm. right? I guess we'll go into that first, but what it was like leaving the FLDS. But then also um, leaving the LDS religion, um, any advice on a faith transition or how to open up to family members and tell them about your faith transition. It's kind of something we want to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I mean, I've gone through this twice now, a a faith transition, I guess you could call it a faith crisis, where you realize that maybe what you thought was the full truth or the only truth in my cases, that suddenly doesn't seem like it anymore. You find out information, you start understanding certain things a little bit more, and you start having those questions or doubts. And I mean, it's, I mean, for any of you that have been through it or are going through it, I feel for you. It is a very, very challenging time in one's life to suddenly realize that there is more information out there that you didn't have that may cause you to doubt your faith. So very, very challenging. But um, I think for me, I'm grateful and very happy that I was able and willing to look into these things further because it's important for people to have questions and not just blindly follow. Uh, I mean, coming from a very 
interesting group, the FLDS. I mean, I'm sure most of you can see what's going on in the news and the documentaries and see what's going on. And, and of course, you can imagine how happy I am that I'm not involved in those things. And if I had just continued to blindly follow what I believed or what I was told was tr the truth my entire life, I would have never stepped outside the lines and asked myself, okay, is there more to this life? Or is it simply, this is the truth and this is what you have to do and this is the only way to happiness? So I'm very, very grateful. And I think it's important for people to always, if you have questions, you know, go to someone and, and, and bounce ideas back and forth. Uh, try to try to understand more about life than just simply what you're told. Yeah, and we understand completely um, how there's not going to be answers to every question. When anytime you're dealing with um, religion or beliefs, you know, it's a belief for a reason, right? Um, and it's called faith, meaning something that you believe in that you cannot see, right? So mm. there's definitely, um, we're not saying there has to be an answer to all things uh, mysterious or religious, but when there are answers, being willing to um, be open to those is something that is important, right? Yeah. Like if there is something to know, you know, for, right. for instance, in the FLDS, there are facts and there are things that um, have been proven by a court of law showing what Warren Jeffs did. So those are just factual things. And while it would be super hurtful to someone from the FLDS to learn about those, and it was super hurtful, right, to hear those things, at the end of the day, those are actual things. Those aren't um, spiritual beliefs that nobody can prove that are just going to be a random debate, right? right? And so those are the type of things that we're kind of talking about when we say um, like a faith crisis. We don't mean just like unanswered questions that nobody can answer in the universe and nobody can really actually ever find out the answer to. Um, we're talking about more of the faith crisis where you do find actual factual information and things and when you're deciding whether or not those things are important enough to you. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, and I would hope that for any of you that feel that you do have it all figured out and that you do have all the answers, that you could show some compassion and some some support to those that don't feel that way. Because, I'll, I mean, I'll tell you right now, when I was in the FLDS community, I thought I had all the answers. I thought that I had all everything figured out, and I was on my way to live with God. And had, I mean, Melissa says there, there's facts out there now that prove that some of the things going on that Warren was doing were just evil. And there's facts of that now. But guess what? When I was a part of this and these things were going on, the Warren Jeffs was doing these things during the whole time or a lot of the time that I was out there, I, it, had I not questioned anything or looked outside of the, what was being told within my family, within the religion, I would have never found these things out. These things were not known to me. These, so these facts that we have now were not known to me until I went and looked for answers. So just to kind of point out that uh, it, I think it's okay for people to have questions and, and to, to wonder about certain things and try to find answers to maybe some doubts that they have. Absolutely. Um, I don't really know how to, we were talking before this video of like, 
if it's best to like give bullet points or to just kind of <laughs> chat about it. But I would say one of the first pieces of advice that I ever give anyone if they ask about um, navigating a faith transition is to be patient with yourself and not set up a finish line mm. ahead of time. Meaning, um, I remember when I first started you know, having questions, I had this expectation that it was going to strengthen my testimony in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I had those expectations. And as that started veering off from that, that um, finale or from that finish line, mm -hmm. I remember thinking that I needed to make a new finish line. Well, then I need to know which religion is true. Then I need to know this and I need to know this or I need to get here or I need to be there. Or I don't want to say that I've left the LDS church until I know exactly what I believe. And I can say, at least in our experience, that the moment that we let go of what we were supposed to end up or where we were supposed to end up, it was a huge relief because every single person's faith transition is different. Everybody's on their own personal journey. Everyone has different questions. There are some things that, you know, I talked to my brothers who are very active and there are things that really bothered me and like were hard on my heart that just weren't problems for them, that they didn't feel like were, were a big issue, right? And that is totally fine. Everybody's going to have different things that bother them, um, different questions that they might have. And so trying to create this imaginary finish line of where we think we're going to end up or where we have to get to at some point, I feel like it's just really, really, it's going to make the whole process more difficult than what right. it needs to be. And so I would say it's a really hard journey no matter what, but be patient with yourself through that journey and not start out with certain expectations from yourself. Mm. Just go with where it leads you. And Melissa is very correct in this, that everyone is on their own journey. I mean, uh, this most recent uh, faith transition or, or crisis, if that's what you want to call it, that we went through together, mm -hmm. we were there alongside each other for the entire journey. We were there, we were communicating, we were talking. Um, luckily, we, it, it, we were able to work it out together instead of one of us figuring out that we no longer believe something and then going and saying, Hey, guess what? I no longer believe this. And then it blows up in someone's face, right? That's kind of how it goes. A lot of the times it seems like, but we were lucky enough to go through it together. But even though we did everything together, every step along the way together, there were still a lot of things that concerned her that, she, that were heavy on her heart that, that were weren't really a big deal to, to me. I'm just like, Oh, okay. I can see kind of where you're coming from, but, uh, this is why it doesn't really, bother me that much um, and then I would share the things that really bothered me and we were able to communicate and bounce ideas back and forth and anyway so very different journeys even though we were doing it together I always would say like um you know we'd like to be on the same page through our journey mm. but we were in different paragraphs like there are still yep. different things and even at the end of the day the ultimate decision um while we kind of made that decision together as a couple and as a family our reasons still were completely different yeah. as to why that was important for our family. So yeah, even within um, having somebody to go through it with, which was super awesome, there's still every, it's so personal, it's so personal. And I would say too, that would probably be another thing of advice I would say is to try to find somebody that you can speak openly and honestly yes. as you're yes. finding out information. Um, if you don't 
you know, if you can't talk to your spouse or you don't feel comfortable um, talking, you know, go find someone else, find a community, find a person, email us, <laughs> like find somebody because, and I had seen this in my own parents. And so I knew um, when my dad had his faith transition out of the LDS church, he didn't loop my mom in on that. And it was very, very hard on their marriage when that information came out. And so I knew that that wasn't the road that we wanted to take in our marriage. And so we were very open. But if you can find somebody to be able to share that with, it's going to be way easier for them to understand, even if you don't end up in the same spot, even if you end up in completely different places, um, at least they know where your head's at for it. Because a lot of times, um, and this kind of goes into another <laughs> another piece of advice that I would say, is you can't ever, if you're sharing, and this is particularly for people that are having a faith transition out of the LDS church, but if you are spending, in our case, like a full year and you are praying and you are reading scriptures and you're reading things from LDS.org and you're going to the temple and you're doing all these things and you have a full very long process to get to the point where you're, you are at down the road. Um, dropping a year's worth of information on any one person is not going to end well. And it's really hard to have somebody understand where you're coming from if you're trying to condense a year-long journey into one conversation with someone. So we had recently gotten asked on one of our lives, and I thought it was a great question, which kind of sparked the idea for this video was advice on sharing with your loved ones mm. that you're leaving the church or that you're having questions or doubts. And that would be my response to that is to think of where those people are at spiritually. If they are a hundred percent, they've never shared that they've ever had a doubt before in their lives. Um, you need to try to think of something that is going to make sense to them that they can understand. And, not dump everything you've learned, mm. right? And so I know with my family, and I think that um, my mom would even say that it definitely helped, even though it's so hard no matter what on family members for you to stop believing the same way they do. But coming up with one thing that I felt like she could understand why I would question that or why I would feel that way and sharing that one thing and kind of waiting for the family members to be ready to be more open to more information as to your whys. And it's really hard because you want to screen your whys from the rooftop sometime. And I think I was talking to a, a sibling the other day and I said, it's interesting because when you're raised LDS, your entire life you're told to shout the truth from the rooftops. Mm. We are told to be missionaries everywhere we go. We're told that we have the one and only truth and that we need to tell everybody about it. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes when those same people, same kids that were raised their entire life being told, share, 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 share what you know everywhere you go. It is hard to turn that off just because what you know and what you believe now is different than those around you or your family members. Yeah. So just something to kind of keep in mind is that it's definitely programmed into us to share, 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 share what we know to be true, right? If, or bear your testimony. Mm -hmm. We get told to bear your testimony to, if there's an opportunity in the grocery store line, bear your testimony. Anywhere. Make sure you bear your testimony on social media, bear your testimony for this, bear your testimony for that. 
Well, if you bear your testimony that the church is no longer true, it's going to come off aggressive. And I understand that that is a complete um, contradiction that are um, kind of hypocritical. But coming from that group, we have to understand at a certain level why they would feel that, why they would feel threatened or upset by that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if your goal is to have good relationships that continue on after your transition, then it really does fall upon the person leaving to make sure that that happens and to make sure that we are sharing the truths that we've learned in baby steps and in ways that are digestible to full believing members. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long rant. No, you're, <laughs> you're fine. And it, it, it's true. And, uh, it's, it's no wonder that, uh, it seems that a lot of people seem so bitter against the, a religion it, when they leave it. And it's not just the LDS church or the mm-hmm. FLDS church. Uh, you can talk to any religion when someone that was raised in that religion and it's a very uh, all-encompassing type of religion and they believe that they have the truth when they leave and if they just because they decide or find something that makes them no longer believe then they like to turn around and share what that is and it seems that they are attacking uh, towards uh, a lot attacking the religion that they were that they belong to and like Melissa said, a lot of that I believe does come from because they were always sharing why why they had the truth and why why it was true. It was true, and then it switched anyway. Um, but just one thing I would add to that is kind of going back with if how to share your concerns concerns or doubts to a loved one, whether it's a spouse or a family member. Um, really, just try to come from a place of love. Try to, like Melissa said, don't go through your journey together. And I'm sorry, don't go through the journey by yourself and then try to dump everything. And for some people, it might be 10 years. I mean, for us, it was a year or so, but it may be a lot longer than that. You find all this information and then finally you just want to just share it and you just dump it all out there. So maybe instead of going up to a loved one and saying, hey, I know this isn't true anymore because of this, that and the other. Maybe start by saying, have you ever thought about this, you know, and, and maybe come from a place that is not attacking, but more of a, Hey, I love you so much that I want you to know what I found, you know, kind of thing. And, and from the other end, from someone, if, if a a loved one is coming to you that is sharing doubts about something that you don't have doubts in, just try to Put yourself in a place that, hey, no matter where the road leads, I love you. Make that clear. Because as long as they know that you will accept them and love them, I don't think they will need to come off in an inta- in, in a way that's attacking. It's more of, okay, so you're here for me. You're here to support me. This is the, Then I will feel comfortable sharing with you what I learned rather than you know trying to convince you of something. Yeah, I would say creating some boundaries. And I know that sounds funny for a conversation about um, religion, but there have been times personally for me talking to family members where when we start, you know, there starts to be a certain topic or maybe they're sharing their testimony with me. And I just politely ask, um, you know, are you okay if I share what I think? Because they already know that 
like at this point that I don't believe the same they do. Or I will say, you know, oh, I think a little differently on that. Would Are you okay if I share that? Yeah. And I know that that's come a long way with some of my family members because I'm asking for permission to share. And sometimes they've been ready and sometimes they haven't. Sometimes they've been like, I don't know if I want to hear the other side of this. I don't think my heart's ready. And right. I just say, okay, thanks. And same with, I've had um, other family members who have gone through their own faith transitions or are still in them now and have asked me questions and I'll ask, you know, oh, are, would you just like to tell me about what you're learning? Or would you like to hear what I know about that topic? That's another thing that's been, I think, super helpful because Again, even when we have friends who are going through transitions and you might get a call or I know we get a call or someone may email us asking our position, it's still important to know where that person, if they just need to talk it out or if they want to hear new information or if they're not ready for that new information yet. Because again, a transition and a journey is, can be so long, it can be so long, it can be so specific. Um, and so asking for those boundaries, I feel like has been really helpful with me being able to maintain good, healthy relationships with people is just asking ahead of time or asking what they need if they're coming to me with questions. Because at this point, after years, I feel like there's like a ton of information up there, right? And I never want to ever try to use my information as a weapon. It should never be used as a weapon. I I don't believe. And so I want to make sure that it can be a support or that it can be informational if people want to know more about me and my beliefs, but keeping that as something that um, I share with certain boundaries has yeah. been really helpful to me. Yep. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it, it, it just comes back for me, it comes back to the importance of continual communication I, I can't think of anything more important than love and communication. Those are the two things that, uh, I mean, if, if you're really doing it out of love, it will come across in a way that doesn't feel like you are attacking. And then communicating from the beginning, trying to, like Melissa said, share in a way and maybe even sometimes ask, hey, do you, are you okay if I share with you what I feel instead of coming to just you know, spewing all this information out that you found, because if the person's not ready to hear it, it's going to go right over their head and it's not going to do any good. Also, I would like to share real quick a disclaimer that just because we say some of these tools that we have found to be helpful does not mean that it's easy. (laughs) It does not mean that it's easy. And it does not mean that if you have spouted something off before that you are like, not doing your best. Okay. So these are all things that we just have found helpful to us. It is super hard. It is super hard when you've left and you feel like you have this plethora of information. It is so hard for me not to share and to shout from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. It is hard for me and it takes a lot of self-control to make sure I'm giving out things at the right time. So these are, um, I'd say like almost skills that we've acquired over years. Mm-hmm. They're not something that is just yeah. like, oh, that's super easy. Just act like that. So I'm not trying to uh, make it sound like it's easy. And it is hard when it feels, um, I don't know a better word than hypocritical. I know that it's it's so hard to feel like you can't share openly without asking somebody, but you know that they're going to share their testimony with you without asking, right? Yeah. And that happens a lot in the LDS, but I try to just remember and put myself in their situation. It's just what they're taught. 
It's not the person. It's what they're taught to do. It is how, yeah. And so trying to be patient with them and understand because it does sometimes feel very discouraging to feel like you can only receive their rhetoric and not be allowed to give it back. Mm. But I can't remember what's the quote that's like, at the end of the day, which one's more important, truth or relationships? And I think that depends on the relationship, honestly, because sometimes the truth has to win over a relationship. Mm. But if there's a chance for a relation, like, oh, would you rather have the relationship or would you rather be right? That's what it is, not truth. Would you rather be right or would you rather have the relationship? And so in those circumstances, realizing that it's better for us to have these relationships and not care about who's being right has been what we found. And again, not every family relationship is going to be that way. I would even add with a little bit of patience and a little bit of love, you can have both. Mm -hmm, There you go. So. I, that is very true. Very true. We've definitely <laughs> seen that. That's the goal. Have truth and, or be, uh, I don't, that comes across weird, but I guess truth and uh, relationships together would be best. But uh, it's not, I, I always say that uh, if you, a religious argument is never won. Because if it's an argument, first of all, it's coming from a place that's not love. And if it's about religion, it's all people have their own feelings and their own convictions. Mm-hmm. And so to try to convince someone of something that's, other, that's different than what they religiously believe by attacking or through arguing, I, I don't see anyone winning in the end of that. You're never going to be able to convince. The only thing that you can do is try to understand. Right. And they'll come to their conclusion on their own when they're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, along with understanding also, and we'll kind of like wrap up unless there is anything else you had to say. No, I I was thinking, I was like, in in addition to giving the advice that we were thinking about for those who are in a transition, um, if there is like one thing that I could say to other people who maybe have family members who are going through a transition, it would be to not assume that it's easy for them or that they just want to sin. Right. (laughs) That is something that is like probably the only thing that I would say that has ever been hurtful that anybody's ever tried to say because going through a faith transition is so hard and so emotionally taxing and draining and all you want is for what you've been taught your entire life to be true. And the idea that you would give that up because you want to drink coffee or, you know, is so just not true. And it's also so hurtful for someone who's going through all those things and learning things and feeling like they're being, um, they're following the truth that they found to be told that. And I always give the example of this. (laughs) So I have to say it because it made me think of it, but Saying this, that Sam left the LDS church because he wanted to drink coffee is like saying he left the FLDS church because he wanted to wear t-shirts. Think of everything Sam has given up, his relationships with his family, being able to see them and talk to them, everything he's given up. Do you think he would do that over t-shirts because he didn't want to wear the long sleeves anymore? That's why it's honestly the same thing for the LDS. 
My summers have been a lot cooler now. <laughs> yeah, but the L- he did not leave the LDS church to be able to drink coffee hmm. or to do anything that the LDS church says is, you know, against morals or to get a tattoo or to do this or to do that. A lot of the things that we often would hear as members that people were leaving because they just wanted to send because they yeah. liked their coffee too much because they wanted that tattoo because they didn't want to go to church on Sunday. And it's, it's an easy claim because when someone comes to whatever their reasons may be, maybe doctrinal, for example, and they decide, okay, this just isn't right for me and my family, and they move away from the church and no longer are you know, involved with all of that, then there comes a point when they realize, oh, there are certain things that we were told were commandments and had to be done or else that just don't really matter that much. And so maybe someone will start drinking coffee, for example. And lo and behold, the person that's still following and still a member of the church can say, aha, that's why they left because they wanted to drink their coffee. Right. So it, it's, it's an easy claim. But, but again, with the T-shirt thing, right? right? Like it wasn't he didn't leave because he wanted to wear a T-shirt. Once he left that religion, he realized that the rule to not be allowed to wear a T-shirt was silly. T-shirt was silly, mm-hmm. that God didn't care about that, about that one thing. And that's often how it is. So there you have it. I hope that uh, some of this was helpful. And please, like Melissa said, if you do want to expand on this or have questions about anything we just said, feel free to email us at growinguppinpolygamy at gmail.com. And thank you all for being here and for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. We'll talk to you soon.